This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the Gospel for this weekend addresses an issue of tremendous practical importance, namely whether and how we ought to engage in fraternal correction. That's the traditional term for the constructive criticism of our brothers and sisters. Now, I realize, according to the etiquette of a liberal society, we oughtn't to do this at all. I mean, for everyone is his or her own boss. Who are you to tell me what to do? I mean, we can find, let's face it, an excuse or a justification for practically any kind of behavior. And at the same time, as long as we're being honest, we all engage in correction and criticism of others all the time. In fact, it's pretty much our favorite indoor pastime. How people look, whom people befriend, what political commitments people make, what people do or don't do, all of it seems to be fair game for criticism. And spiritually, we all know why we love this so much. The lower we make others, the higher we appear, at least to ourselves. You know, can I recommend something to you? An examination of conscience at the end of the day precisely with this issue in mind. Honestly assessing how often you've engaged in the criticism of others in the course of a day. And I think you'll be kind of overwhelmed. I mean, when I do this, to be honest with you, if I look back at my day, how often did I engage in the critique of other people? It's kind of staggering. Even like to go through the members of your family or the people you work with or the people you live with and just ask yourself the honest question, how often have I engaged in criticism of these people? And if you're, if you're really transparent to yourself, you'll be, I think, a little <laughs> surprised. So anyway, that's the setup of this problem. In one way, the society says, no, who are you to criticize? On the other hand, we all love to criticize. So here's our question. What's the biblical perspective on all of this? Well, over and against the modern liberal etiquette, the Bible does indeed think that we should engage in fraternal correction. So our first reading from Ezekiel is terrific on the score. Listen. You, son of man, I have appointed watchmen for the house of Israel. When you hear me say anything, you shall warn them for me. All right, there's the Lord speaking to one of his prophets, and that's anything but a live and let live approach. I think you'd agree. That's anything but a, well, who am I to tell you what to do, indifferentism. 
No, no, this is God telling us, you know, you're on for the house of Israel, which means you're on for your, your brothers and sisters. When you hear me say something, you need to warn them for me. So that's not indifferentism. That's pretty clear. There's a objective norm for the moral life, and we're on for each other. That's the biblical perspective. Right behavior is grounded finally in God's law and God's purpose. We don't just make this whole ethical thing up as we go along. We don't invent ourselves. That's very much the, the approach today, isn't it? I've called it a popular Nietzscheanism. Nietzsche says, you know, the superman, through the exercise of his will, invents himself beyond good and evil and all that. It's trickled down, though, into the popular imagination. But that's not the Bible. Bible holds to an objective moral norm. Moreover, for the Bible, we're not isolated individuals. I make up my own mind. Don't tell me what to do. No, no. We're members of a mystical body, to use Paul's language, made up of interdependent cells, molecules, and organs. We're all part of a spiritual organism. And therefore what? Therefore, we can't simply retreat into our individual psyches and say to a suffering or errant world, well, that's your problem. Can't do it. We're part of an organism. And finally, we are all, and here I say we to my fellow baptized, we are all, by virtue of baptism, prophets, which is to say, we have the role of Ezekiel. I mean, you can't just say, oh, that's the end for Ezekiel and a handful of others who are obliged to critique people. No, no. Every baptized person is priest, king, and prophet. So we're on for each other. Okay, so that's the weather, if you want. I mean, whether we should do this, the answer is, yeah, we have to. What about the how? How do you go about fraternal correction? Well, with that in mind, we turn to the extremely clarifying gospel passage for today. Jesus says with utter directness and simplicity, listen, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Now, can I ask you, everybody, maybe spend some time this week simply with that line. Spend a little time meditating upon it. Maybe if you're you're praying before the Blessed Sacrament, pray with that line in mind. Maybe the end of the day you're doing an examination of conscience, pray with that line in your mind. Again, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. What a world of significance in that little recommendation. It holds off the sinful tendency outlined above, namely, running to everyone but the person in question and complaining about him behind his back. That strategy, and God knows we love it, don't we? Fellow sinners, I love it, you love it, we do it all the time. But this strategy is utterly unproductive and spiritually harmful. Now, why? Because it does nothing 
to help the person you're criticizing, and it puffs up your already inflated ego. Let me just say that again. The trouble with running to everyone but the person that you are, are criticizing, talking behind his back, it is doing nothing to help the person, and it's puffing up your already inflated ego. Now, I know, I know this is exceptionally difficult, but going to the person himself or herself is both productive and spiritually enlivening. It has at least a fighting chance of accomplishing something, and it confirms you in love. You see, I'm driving it. You go directly to the person involved to bring the critique. you got a fighting chance to really have an effect, and it's confirming you in the stance and attitude of love. But the right thing is, as usual, the hard thing. Notice, please, the accuser here is encouraged to tell the person in question alone and nobody else. Venting and gossiping are not helpful. Okay, suppose this doesn't work. Suppose the person that you're criticizing just you know, ignores you, maybe even lashes out at you. This is not permission to revert to form and to start bad-mouthing him to everyone and his brother. So, again, that's a pretty good instinct, isn't it? Look, I gave you the old college try. I went to the person, and I brought this concern, and he just lashed out at me. All right, well, that's it. Now I'm going to go tell the whole world. No, no. According to Jesus now, following a sort of principle of subsidiarity, you were then encouraged, quote, to bring one or two others into the conversation. Bring it to one or two others, the Lord said. Think here, those who have been through the 12-step process, maybe you've been suffering with an addiction, the intervention method used in a lot of the 12-step programs comes to mind here. You know what I mean? Someone's got a drinking problem or there's an addiction problem, whatever it is. A handful of very committed people who love you, come into the room and say together, we are concerned about this problem you have. They're not gossiping. They're not slandering you behind your back. But in a constructive and direct way, they're telling you the problem. The hope is that the person will get the point and get over his resentment or defensiveness when he sees this is not just one person. This is you know, three, four, five persons who love me and are telling me this difficulty. Okay, says Jesus, suppose even this doesn't work. You brought the thing to two or three or four people and it doesn't work. Then he says, tell the church. Now, keep in mind that the word church here, ekklesia, would have been the Greek word did not mean one of our mega churches or mega parishes of 4,000 families. So don't think of tell the church means get up at the pulpit and tell, you know, tell 10,000 people. No, an ecclesia in New Testament times would have been a pretty small group. In fact, most churches met in people's homes. So just to give perspective to it, talk to the person directly, that doesn't work. Go to two or three others, that doesn't work go to the church. Well, that might be a community that can fit in someone's home. 
Today, would we say maybe the pastor and his team or pastor and a few of the leading families in the parish? That's maybe what he has in mind. You see what you're doing now? Following this principle of subsidiarity, meaning start small, start local, start with the person, then go to the next level, then the next level, always moving in a small uh, way. Suppose, though, he doesn't listen even to the church. Then the Lord recommends, listen, ongoing compassion and prayer. It's wonderful, I think. I know at first uh, blush how dismissive his words can sound. He says, if the church doesn't listen to the church, then, quote, treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. But see, remember, everybody, how did Jesus relate to Gentiles and tax collectors? Well, he loved them. He reached out to them. He included them. He sought them out. Remember also the great line from, this, from the Gospels, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Pray together for the conversion of a sinner. So you've tried this method, and finally even going to the church hasn't worked. Okay, pray. And treat him as you would a Gentile or tax collector, meaning with inclusive love. Here's the last thing. I'll close with this. When you're tempted to criticize somebody, determine that you will do so only out of love, which means criticize the person in the measure that you are willing to help him or her deal with the problem. See, I'm driving it. You're not willing to help? Keep your mouth shut. You're willing to help to that measure bring the criticism. Spend a little time, everyone, with this wonderful text, which has a lot of applicability to every one of us who struggle with this problem of critique. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love.